My name is Chris Spaggs, and I'm on a quest to stack up every NFL team at random in Underdog Fantasy's Best Ball Mania for $3 million to first place. So let's spin the wheel and see who I'll be drafting today. Oh boy, somebody good, somebody bad. 22 teams left. Okay. The Detroit Lions, the gambling hub of the NFL, will be our home destination today. I am waiting in a Best Ball Mania 4 draft room right now, and we pull up the window. So if you are trying to play with me, I think we have... Oh, no, there we go. Just filled. So some familiar faces in here. Our guy Sam over at FTN. Uh, Alex Berg, of course, who is willing to join in in a wide receiver avalanche. Willing to draft some running backs. That's my main observation from Alex's drafts. Uh, these other guys, some badges in here. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, let me update the banner. The one thing that I will say here as well is going to be that I'll try to talk more about the team throughout the course of the episode. I think that's part of the, hopefully the appeal of these streams is that uh, not only will I draft the team, try to figure out how to get these guys at somewhat reasonable ADPs, uh, but I will also talk about the things I like about the team, the things I don't. And uh, for me, one of the things with the Lions right away that jumps out, how much the public loves this team, a team that's been getting steamed up a little bit in terms of the ADPs. Uh, Monroe St. Brown went up a little bit after Jamison Williams' gambling suspension. Before that, though, Jamison Williams was a top 50 uh, draft pick in a lot of the drafts out there. So uh, definitely the kind of thing that that price tag has come down a lot for Williams. But still, I, the public likes this team a lot. Uh, ran hot to close the year out last year. Uh, Dan Campbell, kind of a, a go-for-it kind of coach, always going for it on fourth downs. Uh, one of the things that we track at Football Outsiders is the uh, willingness, the aggressiveness to go for that kind of plays. Um, those kind of plays, rather. So that's something that I think um, certainly gives them a little more liveliness, a little more likelihood to be a good team. Uh, but also the variance can run against that as well when you are going for it a lot on fourth down. Uh, the defense has made some changes, hopefully for the better for them. Uh, but that also can make the offense a little bit less exciting because that defense was so bad last year. That's part of why they were passing constantly and all that. So we'll see what we're going to do. Uh, feeling Moosey knows draft ASB at eight. I think that is what we're going to do here. Unlikely that uh, Monroe St. Brown will come back to 17, particularly in this room. So I am probably going to reach for a Monroe, which frankly, I don't mind here. Um, I have enough digs. I have enough AJ Brown. Uh, probably could stand to have more CD Lamb, though I'm not the biggest Dallas fan on that front. Uh, we will take a Monroe here and we'll see if we can get any Cowboys on the wake back for that week 17 correlation. I guess you could have said maybe I took, I could have taken a. AJ, not AJ Brown, excuse me, uh, CD Lamb there, and then tried to do the correlation that way. But honestly, the CD Lamb, um, Amon Ra, little week 17 correlation, probably one of the chalkiest ones out there. Um, I know Chad, who's uh, put together some of the BBM4 data by everybody sending in screenshots on the Badge Bros Discord. Uh, hey, some of the data that he had, I think, showed that uh, CD and Amon Ra is the actually highest correlated uh, week 17 duo out there. So, um, that's something that's certainly, and correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but that's certainly something where, you know, if you are taking those guys to the turn every time, uh, you probably are going to be duped pretty heavily, at least for that first two rounds. Wow. I've taken a Monrod four. Um, yeah, that feels a little bit lofty though, you know, especially on a half PPR site, but if you believe in the lions being better and also just some vacated targets from Jameson Williams, um, certainly a way that could go, uh, I guess in favor of your ADP there. But I would rather have some of the other guys, I think, in that mix. Uh, so we will not be able to get uh, CD falling back to us. We do have Tony Pollard here. Hmm. You know, let's just take Devonta. 
Do you think this will be a wide receiver avalanche room overall? Of course, there's a lot of these ones that we are streaming. Uh, Pete Overzet streams, the most famous for the wide receiver avalanches, but we do get that reciprocal avalanche going here. Um, I think it's more important to me to get ahead of receiver as well. Obviously, having Tony Pollard for the Week 17 correlation wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That's other one, too, that's probably pretty highly owned as well. So uh, CD and Amonra, uh, Tony Pollard and Amonra, both of those are probably pretty popular starts. Yeah, I mean, look, I could have done Pollard. I know people like Pollard a lot. I still am waiting for the kind of hammer to drop in terms of there being another back brought in there to compete meaningfully for him, uh, for touches with him. So that's something that definitely sticks for me. But that said, you know, it could be Zeke again, could be, you know, could really just be Malik Davis and Ronald Jones out there uh, taking some share of those Zeke touches. Uh, obviously, I know people like Deuce Vaughn as well, though I think he's more of a third down gimmicky back than a guy I really expect to get meaningful touches. Um, but, you know. Neither here nor there. I just don't think small players that don't avoid tackles that well are built for NFL kind of contact. Um, Devonta, I mean, excuse me, uh, Deuce is able to get away with that. I'm so excited to get Devonta Smith. Um, no, Deuce is able to get away with that in college just because, you know, playing at Kansas State, I think, is not the highest bar to necessarily pass. But certainly a guy that did get volume in college. So if you are a believer in volume just carrying over to the pros, maybe you like Deuce Vaughn more than I do. But a guy who's that small and one of the lowest avoided tackle rates in the draft class, like Roshan Johnson, a six, two avoids tackles a third of the time deuces, uh, you know, five, one <laughs> deuces, Muggsy Bogues size. Uh, and he avoids tackles at a 15% clip, a uh, negative EPA per rush player as well. I know deuce has some fun Barry Sanders style plays, but Barry Sanders, uh, he, he is not definitely, I would say. Shout out to Fantasy Football Garage. What's up? I appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. Of course, on this fine Friday, another gloomy day here in Philly. I'm probably going to work out after this one and uh, maybe go for a run. I've been trying to run a little bit more. And boy, when you haven't run for a while and you're out there running after watching a ship chasing stream with Pete and Leone and you're like, let me get back out there. Nothing, nothing feels better on your knees <laughs> than going out for a run. Are we over-correlating week 17 and under-correlating week 15? I don't think so. I mean, I care about winning the money when it matters the most. And there's still enough data out there. Again, I think that Chad data that he's been pulling, because he is you know, the only person out there really to have all the screenshots. Um, he was saying that people are not correlating enough for week 17, I believe is what I saw this morning on Twitter. Uh, on the clock here, Jameer Gibbs will come back to us. Let's take Calvin Ridley here. Calvin Ridley falling in some of the Chihuahuas I did yesterday. I'm not sure if that's the room. Chihuahua's kind of a, a lawless land given the low entry fee and uh, people trying to get in their 25 entries before it fills. I think Chihuahua's going to fill today probably. So if you are trying to do a $4 entry tournament there, 25 max entries, and then I think it's 25K to first place, uh, it's a pretty good one to get into for people who are trying to watch their bankroll a little bit more. Um, but I jammed in my 25 Chihuahua entries literally all yesterday because I thought I wasn't going to do it. And I can tell you, uh, not just me doing five, four, four to five drafts at once. I think I was doing mostly four clips, but did do one, one batch of five. Um, I was not the most illogical person in those rooms. <laughs> there were people reaching 15 spots out of ADP over and over again. Uh, there are people certainly, I think, uh, doing some unconventional structures, some nine QB build kind of stuff. Uh, so definitely a tournament that if you're trying to get into, I do think just how some of those drafts went, uh, probably going to be pretty good for uh, just putting some entries in. But do it today because it is going to fill. What the fuck is the dog doing? Sounds like the dog is doing like maintenance within the house, but I, she's probably just smashing something around would be or licking something would be my guess. 
Shout out to everybody hitting the gym after. I, I will also disclose I did have a McDonald's breakfast before this. I did because uh, the wife goes to the gym in the morning. So I got a two hour window uh, where the baby's at daycare, wife's at the gym. And uh, I was like, you know what? I am hungry. I'm just going to get an egg McMuffin and a hash brown. Call it a day. And, and a sausage, egg and cheese bagel. I'm disgusting. No, yeah, done a handful of the chihuahuas. People were really unpredictable, known to stacking. Uh, that's definitely what I saw as well. Um, I think this is really the thing, too. If you are watching a stream like this, if you're watching the other streams out there, if you're in this YouTube content world where you're engaging with stuff and trying to be smart about best ball, good time to be drafting right now. Um, it's obviously going to continue to be chaotic in July and August with newer drafters coming in, casual drafters, people trying to get their underdog deposit bonuses and all of that. Uh, but you guys are in a pretty good spot. And I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs here. Obviously, I do love Christian Watson. Getting him even one pick after ADP would normally be enough to rope me in. But I think if we're stacking Detroit, we do want to get some Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ra, a duo that is not probably drafted together enough with Jared Goff of what that early data has shown so far. Uh, but I like Jameer Gibbs. I do think he's a little bit overpriced for me to take regularly at this spot. Again, half PPR site. I do think David Montgomery gets a lot of that work. There still is a, a looming risk of a guy like Jamar Jefferson, who they have liked in Detroit. And also uh, Mo Ibrahim, who was an undrafted free agent that they got there in Detroit. who's like a pure power back, but graded out really well in some of the stuff I was looking at in terms of the uh, Sports of Solutions data. Uh, really good against eight-man boxes, really good in the red zone and the goal line. So I think he's a guy that could sneak onto the team and get some of those power looks. But with that in mind, though, it's a Lions stack. If you're stacking up Lions, I think Jameer Gibbs still has a shot to be used all around the formations, all around the field. Um, we'll see if that actually comes true in the season because that's always the thing they talk about. Last year, they were saying Tony Pollard was going to be running out of the slot for Dallas, and that's with a creative offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Uh, didn't happen that much last year. So Jameer Gibbs, that's always kind of the false hope that sometimes coaches put out there. It's like, oh, we're going to really put this guy everywhere. But if they are going to put anybody out there um, and really let them catch passes and get with it, um, Jameer Gibbs is so good after the catch that I think he could be that guy. Um, I said it in my early rookie previews. I think he is the most McCaffrey back, um, at least in terms of the pass game, uh, out of anybody who's in this draft class and probably that we've seen in the last few years. I guess the nine QB build, the viable strategy you will all be considering for BBM4. Yeah, even a four QB build. I know Crane won with a three QB build, and I think those are a little top of mind for people. And then they think, ah, if he won with three, I can really win with four. Um, just I would advocate not to do that. I also really, you know, I point people to it now. You know, ETR I think does a great job, and Leone over there does a great job. Just read the manifesto before you do drafts. Like I know that sounds like homework and reading, and me going like read a manifesto sounds a little bit like a like a serial bomber kind of thing to say. That said, I do think reading that is like just the way to kind of pick up your knowledge base before you start entering $25 a pop on BBM4. Um, I think that's the kind of thing people should be doing more of. Um, and I try to direct people like I see so many screenshots now and I like I want to tell people like, hey, here's what I learned from jumping in willy nilly and thinking I could kind of beat the rooms with just player takes and whatever. Um, you could certainly have player takes, but I do think you want to be a little more nuanced with it as you go. Um, all right. On the clock here. Do you have falling TJ Hawkinson, which I don't mind. Uh, no other obvious correlations jumping out. You know what? We do have Marquise Brown here. I think that's a nice pick if I can actually draft him. There we go. Marquise Brown correlating with Devonta Smith here. Obviously nothing to do with Detroit at this point. But there's nobody Dallas related coming up anytime soon. Hawkinson at a sliding ADP I do like, but I have come around on Marquise Brown a bit, especially as it relates to just, you know, Philadelphia, Arizona being a week 17 game that I don't think is sexy. I still think Arizona is more likely to suck than not. But if you have Clayton Toon out there or I guess Kyler Murray, you know, returning to full health and being good, there is still a pathway for the Arizona Cardinals to be competitive enough down the stretch. So 
Definitely one of my least favorite teams. I think them and the Bucks overall are going to be the offense I have the least of uh, this season. I mean, I guess we'll see how it works out, but from where it is right now, it's the most likely for me. Um, but I think that Arizona still, you know, if you have a Devonta Smith, if you have an AJ Brown, I don't mind taking Marquise Brown. GM, shout out to everybody here. I appreciate it. Leone said two QBs is optional, three is fine. Yeah, um, or optimal rather. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. Certainly the data that Leone had in that article pointed you there more so. And there's still some merits in the three QB build if you are stacking decently. And I think there's value too if you are, like if you're taking a Sam Howell tier kind of guys, your second QB, maybe you do want to go to a third QB build. But um, I think certainly the two QB builds are going to look the best and feel the best overall. All right. It's a little slide for J.K. Dobbins. I kind of want to keep going receiver, but I think Dobbins is a nice pick at this range. Uh, so two running backs for me early on, but that's, I think, what the room has given us right now. And I think we can make this work in the back half, but we'll figure it out. We got Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins at running back, Amon Ra, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, and Marquise Brown at receiver. No QBs, no tight ends yet. Um, I think Hawkinson would have felt okay there still in that last spot where I had him falling. Um Good for batch nine, though, getting them at a 6-1. It's batch nine's a regular, too, so there we go. Somebody else gets them. Don't sleep on Sam Howell. I'm not sleeping on Sam Howell. I just think that he's a little bit flimsier um, than even like a Kenny Pickett tier guy. Uh, I think I could see Kenny Pickett being a QB2 and he's just being done at QB. When you do get to Sam Howell as a QB2, I think you probably want an elite guy with him, um, or at least to me, you know, like an AR tier guy. I would say that Tua AR uh, Watson tier. But um, Howell, I think, is still live just because that offense was so mediocre last year and this be enemy being a coach that could be a game changer. That's been overlooked for so long. I think that's certainly in play this year. Um, but I do think, you know, again, if you're going to Washington, I would stack up Washington. Cause I think the way that Washington ends up working really well is that they are kind of a 75% of what a Kansas city can be. That might be even too aggressive an estimate, 60% of what a Kansas city offense could be. And if that's the case, like McLaurin can definitely get there. He can get there no matter what the situation is. Dotson can also get there. And I think you could see like Curtis Samuel get there, maybe even Logan Thomas. I think playing that role clearly tight end has been an important part of those B enemy offenses. So um, I think Washington is very live to be clear, but, but I just think that Sam Howell, like if he's not good, they'll go to Jacoby reset and probably be a better team. So I think that's the one risk for Howell. Yeah. Sam Howell with Eric B will turn heads. If it doesn't though, you know, Brissett is getting a pretty good deal that does go up if he gets starters time. So um, and supposedly it's a competition. I know Howell's been taking all the mini camp and OTAs first team reps so far. We'll see if that holds up come training camp. I would assume it will. Uh, but Brissett is definitely there and you know, they are supposedly in competition. All right. On the clock here again. I think this feels pretty good to go to Trevor Lawrence at this point. Trevor Lawrence, a good 11 spots after ADP does fall to this 80 range a lot, but we're getting some values, which frankly doesn't always happen um, in some of these rooms, just because we do get a lot of you guys who are sharp drafters joining me when I'm doing these BBM four drafts. So um, getting Lawrence to fall, getting Dobbins to fall, better values than we normally get, than I would normally get, I'd say. Of course, as you guys have seen in the last few weeks, though, the second hour of these streams, the second draft that I do, because I do have to do two a week here to try to hit my goal of, of stacking up every team. Um, the second draft is where things tend to go worse. I often feel very good about my first draft and I go like, yeah, let's keep it going guys. Smash the like button. We'll do another draft. And then that second draft hits and it's like, it's not, it's not good times. It's autoerotic asphyxiation time for me. Um, but yeah, so that is the kind of thing where we'll see how it goes. I also, um, is there anybody here? So nobody really a true RB piggy here, but I do have to point out guys, 
I did install some new versions of gifts. So I do have the little running back pig back here. I made a bigger version of it so we can really soak in the cuteness of the running backs scarfing up or the pig scarfing up the running backs. Uh, but there we go. So I do have some new gifts to deploy uh, whenever, whenever the time is right. Some improvements here to the channel. Really big time. Everybody's like, I need bigger gifts. I can't, I can't see those tiny gifts. Please blow them up. Make them huge. All right. On the clock here. Anything very obvious. You got Jamison Williams. Maybe he will fall. Uh, let's take Jamison Williams. I don't. I'm, I'm between him and another player. I don't think the other player is going to fall to me. But we'll see. Um, I'm seeing Darren Waller hanging up on the top of you. So I'll explain my thought process here, even though it's going to absolutely give away who I would like. Um, I wanted to get Evan Ingram there. Um, obviously, a little bit of a reach. He is a 96 ADP, but I don't care because the stacking is more valuable to me. Now that I do have Trevor Lawrence, I'm in the Trevor Lawrence business. Uh, that said, um, I do think that if we're trying to stack Lions, Jameson Williams is going to be a little more important to that, uh, just to try to capture that upside. So I'll take Williams at 89, though there's a chance, I think, and a, probably a higher likelihood that Williams would have fallen to me at 104. But I think there was also a chance that both guys get scooped anyway. So I'll choose Williams for the sake of the stack. That was a good God. I didn't even know that was a <laughs> killer Godfried. That was just my generic uh, New York man of indiscriminate ethnicity voice. But yes, Gil Gilbert Godfried could work. Definitely a guy that uh, underappreciated for the work he did, both as Iago the Parrot and Aladdin and also his comedy work. The Aristocrats, one of the best uh, comedy documentaries you'll find. You're going to max out BBM form debating the value of playing it if you don't have a roll to 150 max it. Yes, I am maxing it out. Um, I maxed out BBM three last year, though I have not. Again, I will say this out loud. I have not received my cactus, and it's quite frankly very upsetting. Feels disrespectful to me, hurtful to me even. I know they're still shipping some out there, so I'm hoping I'm in whatever this last batch is. But I maxed it out last year, and I want my goddamn cactus to hold it up and go, here's my credibility. Sure, I didn't finish more than top 200 in the finals. Sure, I'm not a millionaire like some of the other people out there. But God damn it, I have this underdog cactus. Believe in me. Believe in me. So send me a cactus. Actually, I was talking with one of our friends over at Underdog this morning, and I did not mention the cactus to him, yet here I am. <laughs> Doing it like Quasimodo ringing a bell here on a stream. Bill Barnwell made an interesting case to fade Waller on 4 for 4 with Daigle. Daigle doing some good guest booking. Shout out to Daigle, dude. Working the, working the channels there, including having me and Pete on a couple weeks ago for a fun draft we did on the Best Ball Happy Hour. Um, I think that Waller being old, being injured a lot, and then just the un uncertainty of what New York is going to do. Uh, supposedly, so far in minicamp, they've been trying to press the ball downfield more, but that doesn't even feel like a Waller thing, really. I think that would certainly benefit the outside receivers, Slayton more so. I think Slayton is a guy that I've talked about being undervalued, but I really view him as undervalued in that New York offense. Um, but Waller, to me, I just think a little bit overpriced, and I was burned by him last year. Like I've said it before on stream, uh, he and Trey Lance were two of my higher exposed guys that like actively hurt my portfolio. Um, Waller, I think I had 20% of, maybe to 24 in some tournaments, um, and then a little bit, fuck, Ingram goes. <laughs> All right. Ingram almost fell back to us, but Craig's here had to take him with his... <sighs> Five running backs. See, this is not this is not the way to do it. I like his players too. I have a lot of DK Metcalf, a lot of Christian Watson, uh, but he is drafting a stupid idiot boy team. Justin Herbert unstacked. Evan Ingram not correlated with anything. Idiot boy team. Craig's. 
You're hurting me. You're hurting my portfolio. All right. Fuck. Just take stupid Charbonnet. We got five receivers in. Again, I really wanted Evan Ingram there to start to build that tight end, but it's fine. <sighs> people also uh, saw the comments, by the way, on the YouTube stream on Peach Channel on Splash Play on Tuesday. Uh, people mad about how tilted I was by the Geno Smith thing and not selling it adequately as some guy took an unstacked Geno Smith right before me when he was about to fall perfectly in line for my little hands, my little grubby hands to scoop him up. Um, I will try it. My promise to you guys, I will more openly tilt because I know people want to see it. And frankly, sometimes this shit is annoying. Like I was doing those Chihuahua drafts yesterday. There were periods where I was like, come on. Like, and I'm like, I'm not doing it performatively. I'm home alone in, <laughs> in the cave, my man cave last night, just trying to fill that tournament. Uh, it's also embarrassing to unironically say man cave like that. And I apologize for it down here in the basement. I will say, but yeah, last night I was just like doing those drafts, trying to max it out before it fills. And was just like, God, these people are just sniping me everywhere. No logic to it. It's not even like, oh, this player makes sense because I have one part of it. It's like, no, I'm just going to take Aaron Rodgers as my fourth QB when you have Wilson and Lazard kind of stuff. Uh, so that's the fun I had in the Chihuahua yesterday. But point being, I think as a streamer, for all my pro tip for anybody out there, just allow yourself to get mad on camera. Just allow it. Don't, don't try to be dignified. I try to do it, and people could still tell. <laughs> they could still tell the, the rage burning inside of me. I tilted into getting three week seven buys at QB. There's a lot of those. Uh, Bryce Young, I feel like Burrow. Um, I've run into that too. The lucky week seven. A lot of QBs on buy there. So be mindful of that, I guess, if you are one of the spots. Uh, Jared Goff coming up in a little bit. I think we're going to push that. Um, let's get Zay Jones here. A little more Jacksonville. I don't mind taking one more receiver. And then let's here. Signal it out to the world. I would like Jared Goff, guys. I don't see any reason why any of you in this room would take Jared Goff. But if Craig's is here, freewheeling, taking Kirk Cousins. Is he even stacking up Kirk Cousins? Oh, Kirk Cousins. Oh, of course. The, the Kirk Cousins, Alex Madison stack. That's the one you want. Don't watch Craig's stacks. Watch Spag's stacks. That's not good stacking. That doesn't really count as stacking. I'm actively avoiding Chihuahua slash puppy type contests this year. Nobody says they're lame and it's a lot lane and it's a lot of time for a $4 contest. That was what I was thinking. I actually replied, I think, to one of our guys. Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe Vaporware or Mad Socks asking like if I was going to do the Chihuahua. And I really thought I wasn't on uh, on Wednesday. And then it got to Thursday and I was like, oh shit, this is going to fill and it is still a decent prize structure. And I know I know Pete was jamming some entries in. I think I actually ended up in a room with him last night. Um, independent, neither of us talked about it. <laughs> I drafted a better team though for anybody wondering. Um, but point being though, like, it was an advantageous tournament structure, that, so that was why I did it. But that said, it was just like stressful. Like I legit did four to five drafts an hour for five hours of the day. And um, then at night, I got it down to like a batch of three, and I'm just like, <laughs> I was having a relaxing time doing those drafts. But I've said it before, you know, for bankroll and whatever. Like, I didn't do the chow chow. Um, I just don't think it's worth the money for me, even though that also had a nice structure. Um, it's going to be relative to what you guys want to do. Like, I still think, you know, for me, maxing BBM4 is obviously the thing I would make sure to prioritize my bankroll for personally. But for you guys out there, maxing out a puppy could be more EV. Maxing out a bunch of these poodles could be the most EV move. Like, I think that's certainly reasonable too. But it's all relative to like what you're willing to lose. That's always the case for anything gambling. Speaking of, actually, should pull that. You know what? Good time. Good responsible time for, for gaming lingo here. If you are in trouble with your bankroll, please check that out. But of course, if you're not in trouble, uh, use that promo code SPLASH because that is certainly the, the best way to, to build a bankroll is to double your deposit up to $100 an underdog. And with the promo code SPLASH, you support the show. 
Um, speaking of, uh, you might be, well, let's, let's make the pick here and we'll talk. Then we'll, then we'll talk. Could push Jared Goff here. Not going to do it though. As I've talked about in these videos, I don't want to do the stack without the QB. Um, I think it's entirely possible that guys like Alex Buzzard, Jake Arver here batched, you know, a couple badges and batch who we know, I think would have let Goff come back to me, but not worth the risk for me at this point. Cause Goff to me is more valuable than it is any of these guys. And they could just take them and it like, you know, and it wouldn't hurt them necessarily. Uh, but it would sort of blow up what we're trying to do here on the stream. Underdog needs a three max tournament. I mean, they had the single entry ones. Um, they do have a three max where the, the Dalmatian I think is actually three max. So uh, if you want to spend $303 on a tournament, you can do that. Um, they've definitely tried to you know hear people's feedback. I've said it before. I, you know, I've now really honed my pitch, by the way, I think the tournament is called the Labrador. Um, it would obviously run in contrast to the puppy. So that's the issue, but I would say do like a really big prize pool for it. Make it a bunch of entries four out of 12 advance, you know, and maybe the first round, maybe the first few, but the biggest friendliest tournament would be the Labrador, I think. Um, and that would be the one that I would firmly submit to underdog as a, a marketing for their tournament. I just, but I just want the big prize pools personally. I think it's more advantageous to do the smaller field ones, but, um, to me, big prize pools is always the fun of the thing. Um, all right, we're on the clock here. We've got our double. Um, we definitely need some more running backs in here. Didn't get a Jacksonville running back. And I think tanks a pretty good play. I have more than enough Kendra Miller overall. So we'll go tank Bigsby here. So to review the team so far, Trevor Lawrence, nice value at QB along with Jared Goff, who we needed for this lion stack A running back, Jameer Gibbs, JK Dobbins, Zach Charbonnet, tank Bigsby. Of course, I love the rookies, uh, the rookies that I have confidence in who are in good situations. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Jameson Williams, and Zay Jones at wide receiver and a tight end. Probably going to be a three tight end build a little bit later. Love a good late three tight end build. That is my favorite uh, underdog build this year. Besides drafting Mark Andrews, that is my favorite underdog build. Oh, there you can solve the week nine buy issue with Kyler. Oh boy. What better way to solve that with a man who probably won't even be playing in week nine, which I assume is what Ross is joking about. Oh, so again, people have asked me lately, especially uh, we talked about last week, some of the stuff going on with football outsiders who still the presenting sponsor of the show, but has uh, fortunately fallen behind on payroll and all that stuff. Uh, so anybody who wants to support Splash Play, you have a way to do that down below. I'm going to try to build out this offering a little bit, especially when we get more people in. But you can click that join button uh, beneath the video if you want to support the channel. $5 a month or $4.99 a month. You're saving that one whole penny for all the things you could do with a penny in this modern inflation era. Uh, but if you want to support the channel, it'll give you a badge. So, you know, a way to be a VIP in here gives you free monthly chats and all that stuff. And also uh, will help us keep the lights on here. I mean, honestly, I'll be doing the channel either way. But if you do want to support what we're doing here and help us make Splash Play into its own viable business, subscribing down below and joining for $4.99 a month would be a great way to do that. Um, and then once we get rolling there and there's enough people to do it, we'll do like private draft stuff that will also be streamed. Uh, maybe bring back low ball or something. I'll figure out some fun ways to make it worth it for people. But uh, enough people have asked that I figured I'd throw it out there. So if you want to do that, go ahead. And if you don't want to do that, uh, burn in hell. <laughs> no, if you don't want to do that. That's a completely reasonable thing to do. <laughs> but also burn in hell. Still need Rudman to pay back the rake free $1 single entry for the people. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a crazy thing that they would that like that they wouldn't do. Underdog certainly has been, uh, I think, more community minded than other sites. Like I think DraftKings, if they were smart, would like lean into some of the stuff that Underdog does to make it more socialized, to make it a little more of an interesting kind of thing for players. And 
Um, like they should be reaching out to like the, the, I would say the me and Pete's of the world, but reaching out to streamers, like, you know, doing what underdog did to get that kind of grease footing in there. Um, now they have a draft board, so it's a little bit easier to stream and make it look uh, decent, but uh, it's not their strategy. They'd rather pay former coworkers of mine a million dollars a year to, <laughs> to give bad baseball picks. <laughs> no disrespect to Jared Carabas, who I do like as a guy. I think we're actually Eskimo bros. So kudos to Jared Carabas. UD did at least three Pomeranians last year, $3.15 max, no rake. I didn't know the Pomeranians were no rake, but there you go. So they were doing something nice for people. All right, on the clock here, I feel like the timer is also a little bit weird for the screen for some reason. Um, need a running back. Tyler Algier season is back, baby. 2560. Okay, I think we're this is working out well. Again, it's really, it's fucked up, guys. <laughs> I gotta say, it's fucked up that the first draft is always just like, mm, this is nice and clean. Everything feels pretty good. This is all lining up uh, pretty well for me. And I know I'm gonna do that second draft. I know I'm gonna spin that wheel. And it's just gonna be a bad time for me. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be not fun. People are gonna do things that drive me insane. Uh, but for right now, though, um, I think that's a pretty good one. Oh, hey, shout out Historical Anomalies, the first member. This is a big moment. Historical Anomalies, you will forever hold a special spot in my heart here. And now you get a Splash Play badge that I did myself on Photoshop. Uh, the first helmet you get is white. Then if you stay on as a member, it becomes uh, bronze, then silver, then gold, and then platinum. So you'll get a, a platinum Splash Play helmet. And if you stay on for six months, oof. <laughs> good luck. Good luck to me on that one. But shout it out. I appreciate it. Hey, Ross. There we go. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Really and truly. It's just nice to see. I, you know, obviously your $5 means a lot to me, <laughs> but I um, mean, you know, I think for me, it's just like, I don't ever want to be panhandling for super chats. So if we could do this in a way where like you could add adequate value to people out there, I certainly would appreciate it if you guys want to sign up, uh, but no pressure on my end. Sam Laporta, come on down. All right. So we didn't get our Evan Ingram, but we do have a Jacksonville double stack. We do have Amon Ra, Jamison Williams, and Jameer Gibbs, along with Sam Laporta. So we've got the alpha stack of Detroit. No complaints. This is a this is the team I would like to build in this exercise. <laughs> yeah. I guess my sales pitch works. People don't want to go to hell, and they're willing to pay me $4.99 just to avoid it. You give it to me, you give it to the church. I don't know. Why is a helmet masturbating on my YouTube handle? That's this classic Splash Play logo. Um, one of the things, too, that I really wish uh, we had done more to market it early on. Like, the Bad Throws have done a good job, I think, with their merch. And obviously, people love the underdog badge thing. I love our little video game helmet and branding. Um, we don't lean into it as much anymore just because of, like, the try and hit the streams fast and get to it. But um, I've always been a big fan of how our Splash Play stuff looks. But, yes, ejaculating helmets for all. It's right here, right now. Ejaculating helmets right here. There we go. But wait, but, 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 but there it is. I'm pointing now. That's how you point to elements of your, of your stream yard. The EV of doing cardio club is actually insane. I didn't realize the rake back. Yeah. I honestly was thinking about doing cardio club this year, but I feel like I've made it my bit to not do it. <laughs> and frankly, I just hate posting like the screenshots and whatever, but I'm um, definitely a nice little, little thing there to get the rake back on some of your tournaments and BBM four and, uh, uh, probably worthwhile thing, both for your health and for that. So I instead decide to run when that deal ends <laughs> and when you can't do it anymore. I'm a little behind to saw you take Bigsby. This team is sick. Thank you, Andrew. 
I've honestly, I've been building some really nice teams lately. And I think that's the one thing I would say too. like, obviously you guys see uh, both the double headers with me and Pete and my doing the double headers on Fridays here on stag stacks, the more you draft, like, even if you have been drafting since February, like we have here, um, it just gets easier. It just gets easier to read the pockets and then to build in the week 17 correlations into your head and to know when this guy might fall and this guy won't fall in certain rooms. So I would always advocate, you know, if you can afford it, you know, do the lower dollar ones before you hop into a BBM. Uh, but just familiarizing yourself with how draft rooms operate, I think is the best thing you can do for just building good teams uh, time and time out. And sometimes you still won't. Like sometimes, you know, if you don't reach a little bit like I did here, you know, you'd easily get sniped on stuff and your team will look a lot worse for it. So that's also the benefit of reaching a little bit for some of these here to complete the, the stack that we're trying to do. See what Perilla does. See, he's timed out, but it's not going to my pick. So it's throwing me off the clock a little bit. I'm noticing every time I go back to the pick, it's like, yeah, 20 seconds left. So that's not not my ideal. Uh, we do have room for more tight ends, obviously. Only five running backs, but we probably don't need to go that way right now. Shit, 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 shit. Let's just take Mike Kosicki, who I do think is a decent tight end here. I'm not a Taysom Hill guy. I know a lot of people out there are. Um, I just don't see the value in that pick. Uh, but I think I'm going to try to build something out for new England here a little late. This is all luxury, honestly, though, because I feel like I've kind of got the base of what my team is. So I'll just, at this point where I have, you know, have the triple stack or quadruple stack in Detroit's case, um, I don't need to do a whole lot more to build out my bets. So Dallas wise, not anybody too interesting coming up yet, uh, but I do want to maybe keep running back room so I could take a Deuce Vaughn or a Malik Davis or a Rojo. Uh, later in the draft perhaps, but, um, I don't really, <laughs> it's, it's dumb because obviously I just completed the 15th round. I don't feel like I have a lot of needs at any position right now. Like got Gibbs, got Dobbins. That's a pretty good base starting with early running back capital. Uh, got a Monrod Devonta. I uh, got a little correlation with Marquise Brown there. Obviously Jameson Williams, maybe need more at wide receiver, but it's not like urgent at this point in the draft. So Kasiki, a little bit of a luxury tight end that I think just helps increase the floor of that position. Um, I've fallen a little bit for Gasicki this this OTA season. Just him being out there, him running real slot routes without Juju out there, um, I think it's certainly a positive for him as well. And I just think that that offense is going to be better just from, again, the inertia of not having Matt Patricia at offensive coordinator. Uh, Gasicki in New England, I think, is kind of a, a nice fit, even though he's not a guy I've historically gravitated towards much. I apologize for saying man cave and not for using Eskimo bros. <laughs> Do we not say Eskimo? Has that been canceled? <laughs> Do we not say Eskimo bros anymore? I didn't know, but I guess that's right. Uh, Aleutian bros. Is that the correct <laughs> PC timing of that? It's Herming. All right. You know what? We're not going to do. Yeah. Okay. Let's do Hayden Hurst here for our third tight end. I know what I'm going to do here, but I'm not going to say it out loud yet. Somebody took Chuba already? Where'd Chuba go? He was at a 179 ADP. Man, I feel like he falls so often. I didn't quite realize that he's going that highly. And he went ahead of ADP here. Went at 175 to Perilla. I missed that one. But I wouldn't have minded getting Chuba for that extra week 17 correlation. But now we're done at tight end. So this will not be a Bretton Strange team here today uh, with Trevor Lawrence. But um, I think we will maybe get some Carolina guys here down the home stretch potentially. 
get that feeling around 15 too. I end up not knowing who to click if I have a team I like. I think that's where really the luxury pick does kind of come into play. Um, it's just like, if you feel good about your base and you have enough here, like I think this team probably felt a little better than it should, given that Jamison Williams is going to be out for six games. But I think I'm going to hammer receiver with these last two picks, and that should be enough to get me there. Um, might still do six running backs. I just in general love a two, six, seven, three build. I think that's the one that always feels the most comfortable to me in terms of covering the positions that I don't love that much, like running back, um, and also tight end, obviously. Um, and I think that's kind of a, kind of makes sense for this build potentially, but I could also go two, five, eight. And with the early running back capital for Gibbs and Dobbins, I think that probably works out. Uh, so hang out with me guys here again. We're going to try to hit one more draft. Um, I'll hit the big, the bigger version of the gift. Now, please subscribe to the channel fantasy football all year round here on splash play. Uh, we're trying to make the push to 3000 subs here. Hopefully we can get it in the same time frame that Pete gets to 15,000 subs on his channel. And if that's the case, we will be doing a special drunken splash play episode here uh, because we always try to give back to the community by embarrassing ourselves. <laughs> that's always the goal. Uh, but yes, please do that. And Hey, you know, if you want, if you want drunk streams, guys, no issue with that. If you want, you want your weed streams. If you join this channel, we got enough people joining. I'll, I'll take whatever substances <laughs> the people want. You want me doing Xanaxes, <laughs> doing a stream? Let's party. That should be an option. Actually. It's like, Oh, join the YouTube channel and tip spags and Xanax. <laughs> Let's have him. Uh, the only time that I like the thing I remember most of Xanax is when I was uh, dating a girl who was. Uh, had a subscript uh, prescription, I guess, maybe a subscription, honestly, to some sort of illegal sales. Either way, though, we watched Mad Men. The, the first time I ever like truly appreciated Mad Men was on Xanax. It was <laughs> just that was the only time I've ever really liked it, but not a big Xanax guy besides that. Uh, but if you're going to watch Mad Men, though, if you're going to do a rewatch of Don Draper, uh, boy, pop a Zanny and have some fun. Snorting Xanax. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. These are the reactions I expect. I'll tell you, man, it was Mad Men with that was beautiful. Just a, <laughs> it's a beautiful artistic experience. All right, we're on the clock here. I'm going to go and get my boy, Terrence Marshall. Sometimes goes high, sometimes goes inexplicably high in some rooms. Usually I assume if it's like a, a Panthers fan, like our guy Nick in the in the chat, um, maybe that's when Terrence Marshall goes. But for a Jacksonville team, Terrence Marshall makes sense to me. And I might do a weird Carolina player coming up here at the end to really give myself some week 17 correlation. Um, but we'll see. There's nothing too sexy left actually at the other positions either. I took a sickie, but I don't really feel like forcing in a Buffalo bring back. Uh, Pierre Strong went, so that kind of ruined uh, me getting him late. Pierre Strong, by the way, going to the 17th round pretty regularly. So um, he it seems like the markets are deciding that Pierre Strong is your running back too. Um, and if nothing else, contingent value, if you do see Ramondre go down, I still think Ty Montgomery is going to have a regular role there, but he's not a running back. So hard to really take him in drafts unless you are trying to get really weird. <laughs> How many subs for an ambient stream? I honestly have never taken sleeping pills. So that's one thing. Uh, I guess I take the, uh, what is it? The, the Benadryl stuff. I take that sometimes at night just to go down when we have, we've had a particularly tough time with the baby and not sleeping. But besides that, uh, no, I've not taken Ambien. So, hey, you know, the world's your oyster, guys. <laughs> the world is the world is our oyster here on Splash Play, where I'm willing to do whatever to keep the lights on in this house, let alone on the YouTube channel. No, we're fine in the house. Thankfully, thankfully, the wife can pay all of our bills while I'm two months behind on pay. Fun. Football. Football, guys. Get ready for football season. <laughs>
Spag zoinked out on Xanax. Seems awful for the chaotic, chaotic Spag's energy. I hope that's why people come to the stream. But yeah, that's true. It would definitely would slow me down. Though, you know, I sometimes have a little weed going, and that doesn't slow me down either. All right, let's do a weird one. Green Blackshear. Guy who I think, if you don't like Chuba, you should like Blackshear. Kind of a pure pass-catching back. We did get some run last year. So our final team... Uh, honestly, I feel like should have a better projection. Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff at QB, Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, Zach Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier, and Raheem Blackshear. Pure luxury running back pick here. Uh, wide receiver, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Jamison Williams, Zay Jones, and Harris Marshall at receiver. Tight end, Sam Laporta, Mike Gesicki, Hayden Hurst. What a room here, though, I have to say. Uh, never forget, guys. We <laughs> As somebody who was a high school senior in New York, never forget whenever you see nine and 11 together. All right, there we go. That's the team. So we'll spin the wheel again here coming up. Smash the like button, guys, if you can. I would appreciate it a bunch here. Uh, the likes actually do matter a lot, I've realized. Uh, Pete and I had one of our most liked videos last week. That did the second most views we've had in a draft so far this offseason. That we had a little bit less likes this week and the views were down. So uh, apparently likes matter more than you realize if you're just out there watching videos. So I've been trying to give people more likes because I observe it in our analytics. So help a brother out. Not only give me $4.99, but hit the like button. Clock is ticking. The Moose's selection is in. Let's name this team. Also, at the end of the video, I'll share my exposures and all that stuff you guys want to see uh, where I'm at with that. But I will quickly label this one. We already read it out, so we don't have to do anything more than that. Uh, H2H. No, not H2H. Spag Stacks. I'm so used to doing head-to-heads with Pete now. I'm just doing it automatically. Detroit, Jacksonville. I'm going to mark this with an X, too. I think it was a good team. My other oh, some other recent X Mark teams as well. If you guys are really curious, maybe we'll dig into those later. But hopping into another draft here. So I'm gonna cue this up and we'll go over and spin the wheel so you can see me doing that. If you guys want to get in with me, but let's go back to the wheel and we'll see who team two is on today's stream. As we all know, it's gonna be somebody shitty. It's gonna be some please give me give me something good. Please. I want a good second draft. One of these weeks, I have to have a good second draft. Ravens. Okay, I like the Ravens. Tough to stack up. Tough to stack up and make work, but we're going to try to do it here. So room full of badges. We got guys in the chat. 10 minute I'm seeing now adding in. Uh, batch nine back in this one. Our guy, Evan. So there we go. All right. Oh, I was also reading that without switching the screen. <laughs> My apologies. Draft starts at 24 seconds. So overall thoughts. Let me change the banner as well to the Ravens. Overall thoughts on the Ravens. Ravens are a team I love this year. Um, that's the first thing I'll say. I think adding Todd Munkin is going to be huge here. Um, I guess if you think that Lamar Jackson isn't a good QB, if you're one of those people that thinks like, oh, he was he lucked into those good years early on, then you should fade the Ravens because a lot of the decision-making is going to be in Lamar's hands this year. That said, um, what... Todd Munkin did at Georgia was sustain so many positions in terms of fantasy viability. He was able to sustain two tight ends, including the best tight end in football. Um, and Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington was also pretty good last year. Uh, so that's a positive thing. The receivers also good and get production. Um, so I think it really does bode well. This is going to be a wide receiver avalanche room, but we are protected here. This works. Tyreek and a Raven stack. Oh, oh, be still my beating heart. Okay, we might not have a bad second draft, guys. 
I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it, but we might not have a bad second draft. I'm jinxing it. I absolutely am. Rough spot for Ravens, but you'll def get your guys. You can realistically take the entire offense. So what's going to happen is I'm going to make some jumps here, um, and it's going to protect me from this room as well, but I am not going to push it and try to get Lamar at 45. I just don't think that happens enough. I know it does happen, but we're trying to do this the right way. I think if you want Ravens, you want one of Tyreek and Waddle, and you want Lamar and Andrews. Um, I believe a lot in Andrews being the, the Brock Bowers, again, of the, the Georgia equivalent here. If he's the Brock Bowers of this offense, he is going to be the best tight end in football this year, not named Travis Kelsey and maybe inclusive of Travis Kelsey. So uh, he is one of my top exposed tight ends on the year. I'll actually look at those numbers real fast to see where I'm at. But I like, I love Mark Andrews, 23% uh, Mark Andrews overall across my entire portfolio and 19% in BBM. So I am putting my money where my mouth is with Mark Andrews. He is uh, a great play. I think this year uh, we'll see though. Like I, Financially, I'm digging my heels in on Mark Andrews slightly less than like an AR take, but um, just because of where the capital is, like it's a little bit harder to force an elite tight end sometimes. But I just think he's one of those guys in this range. Um, <laughs> this is not going to make people feel better about it. Kind of like Kyle Pitts last year. He feels like a really good click in this range. Um, but if he's healthy, I think he's good to go. And if he's not healthy, uh, likely could be an absolute monster late in the draft. Alex usually takes Tyreek at three, but I'm not here to ruin my Friday. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. Now, look, I, I think Cooper Cup is also a viable number three, too. So I'm glad that worked out for both of us. But I, too, am a, a Tyreek at three guy. But maybe you knock him down just a little bit for smacking people in the back of the head as he tries to dock their boats or whatever. <laughs> what a, a not a case that's going to matter, by the way, if you're one of those people that's like fading Tyreek because, oh, he might have legal issues. Like, listen, Alvin Kamara hasn't even gotten a suspension. I know the court dates in July, so that'll be certainly in the hammer for him. But Tyreek, no, no charges pressed. Like, you shouldn't go smacking guys in the back of the head, though. Uh, that's <laughs> that's probably rule number one. All right, Mahomes goes at 15. So going to be perhaps a QB run room, but it's all badges here. So this guy's going to feel kind of dumb. Uh, dirt, dirt, dirty type, dirt type P, dirty P, I guess would be it. <laughs> Reading usernames, very difficult on the fly. Dirty P here in the 10 hole um, probably could have gotten Mahomes on the way back. I guess 10 minute would have taken Mahomes at some point. Um, but no reason to take Mahomes at 15 when you don't have Kelsey either. That makes no sense. With values for Kittle and Goddard, she'd be that overweight on Andrews. Um, it's all relative to your play style. Uh, I play exploitatively to some reason or some amount rather. As I've talked about, my general exposure rate is going to be, I'm willing to go to 33% on guys I absolutely believe in with my life. Otherwise, I'd try to cap at 24%. Um, I think having 3x to field still feels like an okay thing to me that's not exposing me too much. But I love Goddard too, to be clear. It's just that Goddard has a little bit less standalone value where I think Andrews is going to be a big driver of that offense this year. Um, all right. Getting our guys. This is going to be a nice value for guys like Alex here, but Olave is falling. Higgins is falling. I don't care. I want Andrews and I want the big man, <laughs> the big man, Lamar coming at 28. But honestly, I don't like this duo or this duo of Andrews and Lamar not duped very frequently, but also it's not duped frequently because they don't align with ADPs unless somebody's sliding but also having them with Tyreek probably doesn't align with that that often either. So this is like the Christian Watson when you're at the 101, you take Justin Jefferson thing that we talked about on Tuesday. 
I don't mind it just because it's not going to be that frequent of a thing that happens unless somebody really slides over the course of like July and August. But what would happen for Lamar and Mark Andrews to slide? I don't really know. I guess uh, like we were just talking about, maybe it's people falling in love with Kittle and, and Goddard, but I, I think Andrews is still like, it's a teardrop between Kelsey and Andrews. But then I think it's another teardrop behind, like behind Andrews and everybody else. And I know Andrews is bad last year. I lost so much money on DraftKings because Mark Andrews kept popping up as like a guy that was under-owned and an appropriate price and had a ceiling. Uh, but I'm going back this year just because I think this offense is going to be a lot better. I just, I, it's honestly a take I believe in as much as, as AR is that Baltimore's offense is going to be good this year. I'm not one I'm going to pump my chest out as much because it's like, it's not as uncommon. There's not as much of a pushback about Baltimore being good this year, but um, this is their year. If they don't make a leap as an offense this year, then Greg Roman was right. And they should have played it more conservatively like they have been. Uh, Jason, we talked about this earlier, uh, but definitely not, Stacks overall are less common so far in BBM4 than you would think. Um, again, I'll give credit to Chad. I think Chad Mashke is his last name. I'm sure one of the guys knows in the chat. Uh, but he pulled all the data, basically, has been having people send in screenshots from BBM4. And obviously, that's still a smaller sample size than the entire tournament um, compared to like the API data you get after the fact. But he's basically saying that people right now are not stacking. They're not correlating for Week 17 as much as it seems like it is. Uh, so I would still say for me that... Um, you're probably not seeing an uncommon ADP one that doesn't align perfectly uh, that often. Like it's hard to get Andrews and Lamar. You kind of have to go out of your way to do it or you have to get really lucky for the room. So when you have that degree of difficulty and you add on also having the foresight to take Tyreek uh, early on, that just doesn't happen that often, I don't think. Unless these guys move around. Like if Tyreek falls to, I don't know, to the turn or something, uh, like closer to the turn, then that's where that could get more common, but I'm playing the game here that I don't think Tyreek is going to fall any further over the course of the next few months. Andrews is never the same after the injury. He started the year on fire. Yeah, I, that was part of it too. It was just a bad scene, I think, for Baltimore down the stretch there where they clearly didn't have the same faith in Tyler Huntley and maybe Tyler Huntley just ran hot the previous year. But then they also had him being hurt and Anthony Brown was out there for a stretch too and, um, and Andrews being hurt and like, and Lamar not coming back in, I think was really deflating to the team. So they were in a bad situation last year, but again, a new offensive coordinator changes so many things. And that's the part that I still think fantasy wise, people don't cover enough. is just like how much does Shane Steichen calling plays for Indianapolis matter compared to what they were doing last year with Jeff Saturday, hiring a guy who literally was like an intern to be the offensive coordinator. Um, that's the kind of thing that you can't account for. Um, going from Greg Roman, who was so conservative and so not willing to play to Lamar's uh, perceived strengths. Like, he just wanted him to run the ball. He just wanted him to protect it and do have that be the case and let the defense win it. But then when the defense isn't good, they're not doing the same things. Um, I think when you bring in an offensive coordinator who has been pretty sharp at the NFL level and then went to college and was legitimately dominant uh, with certainly the best talent pool in college the last few years, but still, he was dominant. Um, I think Todd Munkin being there just matters so much for that team. But we'll see. You know, again, your takes are always, as I say, your takes are always going to be as valid as mine in you know, June, July, August, and we'll see. Uh, once the season goes, that we're both probably fractionally right. <laughs> That's the way it usually goes. All in on the Raiders. I, I don't mind the Raiders either. I mean, Jimmy G's at least a competent QB, and sometimes that matters more than people realize. All right, we have we have to get some other receivers in. I don't like DJ Moore without Justin Fields, but we've gotten avalanched a little bit here, so we'll do that. 
I also normally love adding Dobbins into my uh, Miami Baltimore build, but I don't want to take Dobbins at 52. I don't think um, with the way receivers are going off the board, but we'll see. We'll see what we do. Whew. Second draft. I just don't want the second draft to be bad this week. <laughs> like I've been unable to control it from being bad the last few weeks. I've been trying hard to build good teams on these second drafts and they just keep getting away from me. All right. Got DJ Moore. We could take Dobbins and it wouldn't feel bad, but I just don't want to get completely buried at receiver. But what's the alternative? Me doing Pittman again and doing making an AR team? Oh, fuck. Dobbins it is. Dobbins it is. I almost didn't get that one in and took... <laughs> <laughs> it might have auto-drafted Fields, but we got in Dobbins. So Tyreek, Andrews, Lamar, DJ Moore just hanging out. <laughs> He's our plus one to the Miami Baltimore stack that now includes J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, Lamar couldn't even audible under Roman. That is definitely the thing where if you think Lamar is dog shit and you think he's been protected the last few years, then yep, then fade him this year because he's going to have more control than he's ever had this offense, which is honestly just like a baseline level of control that other QBs had. Like Matt Ryan was dog shit. I don't keep, mean to keep talking about the Colts, but I've spent a lot of time <laughs> in Colts land this week. Um, just like Matt Ryan was allowed to audible on a terrible Colts team with nothing left in the tank. And obviously, you know, he's a cerebral QB, a pocket pass for all that stuff. He's a, you know, a coach's brain kind of guy. I get all that. But like bad QBs are allowed to audible a lot. And Lamar, who was a former MVP, they were like, no, just fucking run the plays. God damn it. Uh, that's not the way you treat your star player, I think, in the modern NFL. Especially when it's just like anybody could do it. Like if if Brock Purdy can audible, Lamar should be able to audible, I think. What else about this team this year? What else about Baltimore? Um, I really don't have a strong lean about Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers. I think Zay never stood out to me as a great play. Um, I know people fell in love with him, the speed and all that coming out of college. But he played at BC, and the numbers just didn't jump out in a way that was like really exciting to me, like some of the guys were. Uh, JSN, we talked about being great out of the slot. Um, Josh Downs, also great out of the slot. Uh, Quentin Johnson, high avoided tackle rate, a guy who can really get those yards after catch thing, which the Chargers have talked a lot about this offseason as well. For Zay, the hope is that he does that, but he didn't do it in college enough against lesser competition than some of the guys who played in like the SEC or even, even Johnson and what he played at TCU. Um, so I think that's something for me where I don't I don't love Zay Flowers, but it does feel like the Bateman ship is kind of sailing a little. Um, he's hurt again, uh, apparently getting some injections and whatever to deal with his pain management and his his leg issues. Um, that worries me. But obviously, if you're taking a Baltimore stack, like you're going to take these guys. But I do think there's concerns for both of them, and there's still a gigantic contract for Odell. I know nobody wants to draft Odell, and all our all our streamer communities they're all like he's old, he's dust, whatever. He was pretty good for the Rams when he was healthy. Obviously, that's an ACL tear and a guy who's older where the ACL tears are harder to dig out of. But there's just enough here that it wouldn't surprise me if Andrews is the one reliable pass game target for Baltimore, um, which makes me like him more. But that's definitely why that's how I'm thinking about Baltimore right now. All right, we're on the clock here. Definitely need more receivers. Mm. No correlations. I'm going to go and get my guy here. I like Pickens enough. Addison's falling a little bit lately, though. So is Pickens, honestly. Um, but I think if we're looking for upside at receiver after getting kind of steamrolled here, I need to lean into the guys that I know are going to be 
hopefully outliers based on how I view the data. Um, and certainly Pickens is one of those guys for me. Alex Berg. Alex Berg pissing hard today. Wow. Five receivers through six. Josh Allen with Gabe Davis. Interesting team for Alex. I feel like Alex with where he drafts in our streams, and I just notice it because he does take running backs more than I think our usual, our sharp drafters in our chat. Um, he's taking advantage of the room in a way that I think you guys should, uh, if you're trying to get good with this draft stuff, obviously I would hope you're paying attention to what like I do and what Pete does and whatever. Um, but guys like Alex, I think watching him adapt to different stuff on a stream, it stands out to me. And obviously, you know, not a lot stands out to me <laughs> besides things that infuriate me normally. Yeah, GA, it's apparently not telling me when the pick is up for me. So I've been trying to get ahead of it. But yes, the draft is like the clock is starting at 20 seconds because it stays on zero for 10 seconds, which sometimes happens when we're streaming. I don't know why, but it sometimes happens. Get back on. Yeah, 20 seconds again. Uh, all right. Baltimore, Miami. This is just a, a huge fall for Madison. But I am going to keep taking receiver just because we have Dobbins as our base and we are still behind at receiver. Do you want to get to four out of seven? Those are the things in particular. If you want to draft zero RB teams and try to get some upside, four receivers through seven rounds is going to be the first goal to try to hit. Five through ten and the second goal to try to hit. Um, that's the baseline I try to hit in every single draft I do. Um, even if I'm taking running backs early, uh, trying to get to four receivers through seven is always my first goal. Ten spot out here living a little. Let's see. Dirty P. Dirty P is, yeah, Dirty P is taking a lot of receivers too. So took that early Mahomes, which really just didn't make sense. But I guess they wanted Kadarius Tony really bad. Not the way to do this. Unless he's doing Dirty P stacks on his own stream and he had to get Mahomes and, uh, and Tony together. I'm not sure why he did the draft the way that he did. But hey, you know, whatever. There's a lot of people too. I will say, uh, I was talking to one of our guys on on Twitter. I think who's I forget his handle, Best Ball Enjoyer. Uh, but he's one of our new regulars. Who I feel like I've seen have some nice drafts. So I was trying to give him some feedback, and, and then like he was basically talking about like player taking, blah blah blah. And then there was like some other guy who chimed in too. Is like, yeah, this time of year you got to have your player takes to just go up and take your guys and just you know draft him whatever you want. And I think there is a little more of that logic from people who are coming in this year. And again, maybe haven't gone through the two best ball summers in a row and still haven't gone through uh, two periods of time where they've seen their money go a certain direction. Perhaps um, you don't want to, you want to get your guys. Like I firmly believe, look, I took Pickens here. I took Quentin Johnson. I'm taking my guys. I'm taking them still within range of their ADP. Um, and especially if you're reaching like 12 picks ahead of ADP, every time you take a guy 12 picks ahead of ADP, somebody got that guy 12 picks after ADP because that's just how it works. But in particular, there's data that shows like one spot after ADP, there's an equal amount of on the other side that's getting one spot before ADP. So point being like, if you are reaching for guys, you just have to remember that if you do it over and over and over again, you're probably gonna end up with a duplicated lineup from another team that got those guys all as values. Uh, it's like bizarro land or into the spider verse kind of thing. Um, I guess everybody's doing like a multi-dimensional thing in those, in those comic book movies. Now point being though, that's basically what it is. So you got to remember if you're just always reaching, like you want to reach and get some value in to kind of balance it out, I would say. Um, and that's one of the big mistakes I'm seeing besides not stacking, not week 17 correlating, um, just player taking a little bit too much, I think can be dangerous. Um, anyway, we don't get Bateman, don't get flowers might be an Odell team, honestly. And I don't particularly care. That's how agnostic I am to the, the Baltimore receivers currently is that 
I think old Odell might have as much juice relative to ADP, especially if Odell falls to like 117 here. I think I don't mind that relative to Bateman at 83 and Flowers at 85. Yep, raise it, called it. That's fair. Don't grab Odell. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with Odell. Like, I think if he's a, I don't know, fifth receiver in this build, sixth receiver in this build, like, what's really wrong with Odell? I don't think a lot. Boy, you could see, though, the depletion at receiver. Yeah. I'm not going to reach for Odell, to be clear. And I still feel like if you get Lamar with Dobbins and Andrews, you got the best parts of Baltimore anyway. All right, on the clock here. Rashad White falling a little bit. I do kind of like that. Let's let's go Rashad White. Tua is an option for me too, but I'm not going to take him ahead of ADP when we have White falling. So we've talked about, I don't care about two week 17 QBs in the same game either. Um, I think that's one of the things where data-wise, I could get why that feels like a risk point. If the game sucks in week 17, that's bad. But if both offenses are good and their week 17 game ends up with one of the highest totals on the slate, um, I think you'd feel pretty good about it. So with Baltimore and Miami, definitely two offenses that I want to buy in on that I think could also have an outlier week 17 game. So for me, taking Tua and Lamar, I, I just don't see an issue with it. Uh, same thing for Burrow and Mahomes. Obviously, that's a little bit different because they're both uh, one elite QB and one semi-elite QB ADP-wise. But um, one other games would stand out. I mean, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Anthony Richardson, don't mind taking both those guys. Indoor game, uh, Love and Cousins, don't mind taking those guys together even though they play in Week 17. It just has to be a thing where you believe in the offense overall. You know, Honestly, all of them really, like, you can make the case for. I just think that's the flaw in that thought process, though, is like, you know, Jets versus Browns. Like, I like Watson. I, I love Rodgers a little bit less, but he's uh, the Jets are right now a top 10 Super Bowl team uh, in terms of the Vegas odds, so. I just think that's one of those data points that's not as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. Just having two QBs from the same Week 17 game. <laughs> Raise it. What if I asked nicely for you to pass on two spags? A great question, um, but certainly one that I I don't feel the need <laughs> to abide here. Um, I do need a fifth receiver, though. I do need a fifth receiver. But Raise it. I'm sorry. We got Tyreek. We like Tua here. Boom. Week 17. And as Carlos reminds us, Baltimore Miami last season was bananas. It was, in fact, bananas. I think that's one of the things that, you know, certainly unlikely to be that level of an outlier game. We were talking two teams scoring in the 30s, uh, but a more aggressive Baltimore offense, a Miami offense that is not going to let up, I think, this year. Uh, certainly a team that may be due for some negative regression, but with the way they play downfield, I don't think the negative regression is going to hit to the same extent. Uh, so there we go. And and I got to really show Raise It that we don't collude here on these streams. <laughs> no. The only collusion can quietly go on in my favor, perhaps. And you guys watching and going, oh, I'll let Spags get that guy. He wants to stack him up. <laughs> God forbid. I can't ruin streams. Like if they were like, oh, every stream is collusion, uh, then we would really be fucked here for content. I have to be just talking about tiers five running backs. You'll want to draft for your idiot friends. Team is officially competing for regular season prize thanks to Naked Lawrence at great value. <laughs> that is Lawrence at 88, man. I know there's a lot of people we have in our audience who love Trevor Lawrence. Grab him cheaper, man. Don't take him in the 50s. I, I know we've talked about it a few times on stream, but 
even if you believe in Trevor Lawrence, if he's going to fall, like he fell behind Watson and AR here, um, which I think is completely fair. Like, I don't think he should be behind them in terms of rankings, but there should be rooms where he falls behind AR. I think um, he's just not in that Herbert tier in terms of how I perceive him. But um, just if you love Lawrence, be willing to let him go because he will probably come back to you. Uh, my jammy here got a very similar build to this in his chow chow. Um, look, if you got this in a small field tournament, I think that's a good one to do it. That's the thing too. Um, for tournaments like the chow chow, like the chihuahua, uh, with stuff like this, where it's an uncommon ADP, you're at less of a risk than like a BBM. Like again, I'll keep making the example, but to taking Justin Jefferson 101, you're not going to have Christian Watson fall back to you really very frequently. It's probably like a less than 5% of the time thing that he does fall all the way back to the person in the 101 spot. You could do that in the Chihuahua because the Chihuahua is closed. Like, you know, Christian Watson's ADP isn't going to move in the three days that tournament is open. Um, so maybe in BBM four, if you don't want to do that, you can make those kind of like, uh, you know, grabbing Lamar and Mark Andrews ahead of ADP things. Do that in the tournaments that have like a limited shelf life. Um, just because like the ADPs aren't going to move enough to change that in the time period that the tournament will be going on. If that makes sense. I'm still just so snotty. <laughs> Nobody wants a snotty streamer. On Lawrence, the bet is year two Doug Peterson, like 2017 went. You shouldn't be too far over the field on Lawrence, but Teresa, uh, oh, there is a good team ceiling. I was like, who's Teresa? Who's Teresa? Good team ceiling. I'd love to meet that lady, but there is a good team ceiling if that bet is uh, correct. Yes, that is true. Um, I think it's certainly possible that Lawrence is like good again this year, but how good is he going to have to be to justify when you've been reaching ahead of ADPs? And if you're a person that takes him in the 50s and he goes in the 80s, like that's pretty tough. All right, boy, this is a crazy avalanche right now. Um, I'm just going to take a chain though. We've got our bet. I think we have an okay base at receiver still. I'm confident in my ability to work the room late at receiver, but fuck, man. <laughs> this was This was a brutal avalanche. This really was. It doesn't make me feel bad about this team because we are still achieving the thing. Um, got to give credit to Alex Burke here. Again, when you see some of these names, guys, I'll try to point them out more because if you're following a draft, like I assume Alex isn't doing streams out there. Um, but like just following some of the smart drafters in our rooms, I think can be a positive goes cup Olave, Josh Allen, Christian Kirk, Godwin, Gabe Davis. So we got ahead of the avalanche, maybe not the best receiver room relative to capital, but still got some guys at a bit of a discount or at least at ADP. Then he goes on a run at running back to take advantage of the pockets of the room here. That's a smart way to do it. We're just like leading into the avalanche. Um, and then, you know, get ahead at running back. And now he has a really good running back room as a result. The Sanders discount alone is pretty nice. Uh, all right. On the clock here. Chicago, Atlanta, nothing. I think this is just Dobbs, I guess. Ugh. God damn. All right. Romeo Dobbs, come on down. Romeo Dobbs' wide receiver five does not feel great. As we've talked about, I am much more of a Christian Watson believer. I don't think Dobbs is going to make some magical leap to become the wide receiver one this year. Uh, but with Nico Collins is going at 122, Romeo Dobbs at 124 starts to make sense. Praise be to my Lawrence Sage Jones skinny. There you go. Making the best out of a, a falling guy. Uh, certainly a good way to do that. Yeah, that's the tough part of Trevor Lawrence, too, is because once he gets to this range, it literally is Zay Jones and Tank Bigsby and Brenton Strange, and those are your correlations you can get with him. So 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, not a pick I love unless you are getting one of Ridley or Kirk. And really, for me, it's like if I get Ridley, I'm down to do Lawrence. If I don't get Ridley, Lawrence can go to somebody else, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Good stack of the Jags last week, though. So you want to see me trying to do that. I think I ended up with Lawrence, ATN, and fucking not much else from the Jags because that's how the second streams go around this way. Uh, but you can check out the last bag sacks there. And I would encourage you guys, check the playlist. I'll probably drop a link down to it in the pinned comments down below. Um, I think it's good background noise if you're mowing the lawn on the weekend or, uh, I don't know, you don't, you don't want to listen to something too sexy while you're masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the, that's that's when you put on spag stacks mowing the lawn don't want to be too aroused while masturbating <laughs> what is this what why what am i saying <laughs> you, somebody before said chaotic spags energy that is chaotic spags energy just talking about you jerking off to me doing best ball dress <laughs> oh god Rasheed Rice goes at 131. It feels like the wide receiver ADP is starting to stabilize a little bit at this point, but just tough. Just tough. That is true. Splash play demographics would lead me to believe it's like it's all dads and guys that are mowing their lawns or masturbating at any given time. Robert saying pretty sharp stack every team in BBM specs. Thank you. Uh, it's definitely a risk thing to do it on stream, but I'm hopeful that it's at least a unique content thing to be able to talk about these teams and then try to see me execute them. So I appreciate that a bunch, especially from a, a name I do not recognize. Thank you, Robert. Hoping we get new people in, uh, you know, and I think too, like I legitimately do have takes for every team. <laughs> like there is no, I don't always like want to hot take it or anything, but I have thoughts about every team. So I think being able to talk about the ones like, you know, that we just don't talk about as much. Obviously we talk good about the Ravens. I'll talk good about about some of these other teams that we've done lately, but Good to get all the takes out because, boy, sometimes they just don't come up in the flow of like a normal stream. There we go. I know, I know Ross is in the, the lowing the lawn and J, mowing the lawn and J-O-ing crew, <laughs> which would be the company you don't want to hire off Yelp. The, <laughs> the mowing the lawn and J-O crew, just, you know, stick to the first half when you're searching, I guess. What happened with uh, Dirty P here? Yeah, Dirty P did the one weird thing with Mahomes and then reached for Tony and everything else is normal. I don't really see anybody that did anything crazy in this draft. Like nobody did anything stupid. Just was just a classic avalanche room. All right, well, we're just getting talent in at receiver. And we all know, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need Alec Pierce. Let's get Jalen Warren instead. Got a little bet on Pittsburgh with Pickens. Jalen Warren to me at eight out of value just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Jalen Warren, of course, one of my favorite running backs in a zero RB portfolio, but I'll take another share here. <laughs> We're not getting bonked for all this talk yet. I don't, oh, I didn't put the bonk dog in my new gifts, unfortunately, so I can't get bonked. I do have this one though. Oh, you can't even see it because of the comment. Hold on. I know our guy Ross loves this one. There, there's a, <laughs> a big taffy duck. Our other new, oh, here's a gift, guys. Uh, well, I'll save this the next gift for after my next pick. We'll do it that way. Got an exciting new gift for all the I think you should leave fans out there. You guys know I pretty much exclusively take my stream gifts from that. We're gonna hit one in a moment. Oh, Alec Pierce fell back to me. What a treat! Deserving of something like this. Oh. 
There we go. <laughs> and if you don't know, I think you should leave. You're probably very confused right now. <laughs> but I got myself a nude egg with that pick, and that's what I was hoping for. Congrats, bro. You drafted Alec Pierce. There you go. I'm glad. There you go. This is what this is why you pay $4.99, folks. I have to put in emojis too. I'm happy to put the nude egg in as an emoji. Just, just, this is really your channel now. If you give me $4.99, we're, we're gonna do weird shit with the YouTube community. Can't unsee that one. Are you tiering your players on projections, vibes, or something else? So I did do uh, an initial set of rankings on FO, and then we had our little work stoppage thing, so I haven't updated them, thankfully, because fucking updating rankings <laughs> is very tedious, as I know uh, Pete and Pat have talked about. But I just go off of ADP. Um, I certainly have some takes within those ADP range, but the best thing you can do for yourself, I know that Pete drafts on stream with like Pat's rankings or with like Sean Siegel's rankings or whatever. Um, you can use them, but I still think ADP is the guidepost you always want to use. Um, and then, you know, can, you know, look at the rankings to kind of get a read on it relative to that. Um, but I always draft off ADP. And if a guy feels undervalued, like, you know, I'll take Pickens a little bit earlier. I'll take whatever. But, um, but usually at this point in the draft season, it's just better to use the market to find ADP. And then if you like guys, just kind of draft around that as like where you get a value on a guy you like, hopefully. So Gino unstacked because he fell 25 spots past ADP thoughts. Um, unstacked I, I just don't like anybody unstacked but you could still get Noah Fant late this would I would try to do at tight end um Kenny McIntosh maybe leave a running back spot open take Kenny McIntosh late or I guess if you really want to get thin DJ Dallas um but that's the only options you have left uh Gino unstacked to me just makes not as much sense because if he is going off he likely created value for one of Metcalf JSN or Lockett um just because he's not like he runs but he doesn't run enough to balance out you know being unstacked uh, so I think that's where I'd get a little bit different, but, but, you know, values are values. Um, as Brick was talking about on Lulz the other day, I was watching that stream and ended up in that draft with Pete and Brick. Um, incidentally, I thought they weren't going to draft a team and I was like, Oh, I'll just get a BBM off. <laughs> and then those guys went in. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, what Brick was saying was like a correlated QB matters more than anything in terms of his draft capital tool and what the, the draft caddy that he's building. So like, that's the kind of thing that you need to keep in mind is that, um, an unstacked guy can be a big ADP value. Like Brick was talking about, oh, the, the caddy wants me to take Tua here, um, even though he's unstacked. Like you have to kind of decide then, um, is the theoretical worth like what the practical thing is? And I just think for me, like I get the ADP value of Geno falling, but if you're going to stack them up with just guys that like aren't going to help prop up his value, I just don't know that that's getting the proper value of what a stack kind of inherently is. I guess is the best way for, for me to say that. Um, all right. I was worried the, the draft froze for a second there, but I think we're okay. I kind of wish I didn't take Tua. I know he was a little bit of an ADP value, but I do feel like another receiver or running back would have been good at this point. And I could still take a Pickett or Jordan. Uh, yeah, or Jordan Love, I guess, at this point. But, oh well. We made the choices we made. All right, on the clock again. Mm-mm-mm. We have our Miami. So we got a chain. This is just gross. I'm going to take John Mechie. Still believe in Mechie a little bit in Houston. Um, more than Nico, honestly. But I know Nico's really soared up market-wise. So 
if you're doing what we talked about and just following the ADPs, Nico is going to be a much better pick. But I think Mechie's really being downgraded because he did come off the leukemia, right? I think is what he had. Um, coming off of an illness, not playing for a year, but he is a Bama receiver who is a red zone target and a really big threat. Um, I think that does matter a little bit, whereas Nico has just shown he's like the most fractional amount of Brandon Cooks in his career. Uh, so I still like a flyer in Mechie and, and really Stroud overall. Um, Stroud is going to start. So like I think just based off of that, he's a little bit undervalued ADP-wise because he's already with the first team. Um, he and Bryce Young, honestly, like should both be a little bit higher just because we know they're going to start. Whereas AR, like, I think he's going to start, but there's still some risk that he could end up, uh, you know, not starting the first month, not starting the first 10 weeks in a worst case scenario until they're by. <laughs> Sorry, raise it. You're right. You were right. I should have been kind and just let you have it. But I just don't want him to think we're colluding as a community. That's the one thing. I don't want to ruin, don't want to ruin the one joy we have in life of drafting together here as friends. Um, all right, so we now have a little bit of a bet on Houston. So let's do Ty J Spears. Of course, Houston playing Tennessee twice in the playoffs. Um, I only care about week 17 for what I look at, but I certainly get why that would be a value add. I do wish Houston had a late tight end. I know Dalton Schultz is technically a little bit later, but if like Schultz were going somewhere around here, I would just love to get that full Houston stack every time. Uh, but we won't get a Houston tight end. I don't know what I'm going to do with tight end. Might be a might be a Durham Smythe build actually here, given that we have Tua. And Durham Smythe is going to be out there. Durham Smythe is not a sexy name, but in terms of an 18th round tight end, ideally in like a three tight end build, or I guess I could probably go to because I have Mark Andrews. Um, I do think Durham Smythe is a nice pickup, so I actually might might go with him. Yeah, unstacked Pickett goes Zach. Yeah, he doesn't have anybody. People love unstacked Pickett. Pickett is another guy too. Like he runs a little, but he's not going to run enough that. It, if he's a good player, he's got to create value for Pickens, for Johnson, for Freermuth, for Warren, uh, for Najee even. Um, I, I'm not a big Najee believer, but like, it, I don't get unstacked Pickett. I think that's one that I see more often than any on social media where it's like, why are you taking Pickett unstacked? And you're like, oh, I just had to give a better floor to Joe Burrow. Like, what? You're, like, Pickett unstacked just doesn't do anything for me. Take a court, like, instead of Pickett, this guy could have taken... Taking Stroud. He has Nico. So take Stroud then. Does it doesn't make sense? I hate unstacked picket. They do love Durham Smythe down in Miami. They do indeed. He can block the shit out of like out of plays. Like that's a good thing. Um, he's gonna get snaps being out there. And I think Kasiki was also a ton uh, touchdown uh, positive regression guy last year in Miami. So um, you know, if, if that role concentrates for Smythe, I think that's a pretty good thing for him as a guy who's just going to go undrafted. Um, and I also thought Miami should have taken like one of the rookie tight ends, but they didn't. So, uh, that just makes Smythe, Smythe look good. Raise it here going three late QBs. So he's got Mingo stacked with, with Bryce Young, Stroud with Schultz. Yeah. Raise it did a good job too. I think he probably hurt himself a little with the Brees pick in the Avalanche, but still a nice core. All young guys, London Burks, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddle, CeeDee Lamb. Probably didn't give Ray's, uh, Ray's it enough credit earlier for his team looking pretty good. And he adapted well to not getting Tua. So give him, give him double credit. I didn't help him out and he still overcame. So there you go. All right. 
Not going to take another Miami back. <sighs> Shit. I think let's just take Chuba. Six running back has a floor, has a little bit of contingent value. That's fine. Never a guy I'm dying for to get Chuba, but I think he's a little bit undervalued. Um, I was put, I was against him earlier in the season. Um, I think Miles Sanders is that bell cow there and gets a lot of work, but Chuba is going to get some amount of points. And if he vultures a touchdown here and there, that's enough for me to justify him at this point. Yale and Harvard undergrad female saying Durham Smythe is a sexy name. <laughs> it's, that is a very Yale and Harvard. Uh, did he go to Yale or Harvard? I don't know where Durham Smythe went to college, but that is like a very like wealthy guy name. Absolutely. He could be, he could have been an investment banker in another life. Uh, Notre Dame tight end. 27 years old. Durham Smythe is kind of in that range, that age range where tight ends do break out. Uh, all right. Okay, now, you know what? Let's just take Smythe now. So I think I'm done at receiver, done at running back. And then let's figure out. So we have Andrews and Smythe at tight end. I'm going to read this backwards. Usually we go top down. At receiver, I have Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Pickens, Quentin Johnston, Romeo Dobbs, Alec Pierce, Mechie. Not the best receiver room, but I think we recovered well from the avalanche. Dobbins, Rashad White, Devin A. Chain, Jalen Warren, Ty J. Spears, Chuba Hubbard, and a QB, Lamar and Tua. What do I need? I guess one more receiver. But I don't know what. I mean... So at receiver, I guess it would be, I could take Berrios for the correlation with Tua. I could take Devin Duvernay, I guess if I want to do a Baltimore correlation here late. Um, see, I also feel like Razit didn't need the third QB here. You've got two for sure starters. You took a flyer on Kyler being okay. Um, I guess I'm sure he's got, he's got Drake London, right? So he wanted the extra correlation. I could see how you talk yourself into four QBs, but I don't think he needed four. Are you doing four? Oh, Razit's doing four QBs and four tight ends too. That's interesting. All right. Weird build, man, but Razit's a sharp guy. That's the kind of thing I talk about too sometimes where um, if you are like a drafter who knows what you're doing, I don't mind getting weird with structure. It's when you're like coming in new and you don't, when you haven't drafted a bunch of teams, like then don't draft four tight ends. Don't draft four QBs. But if you know what you're doing and can hit the pockets, right? Like Razit did hit his pockets pretty well. So I think he has the flexibility and the know-how to make a, a weird build before four, six, four work. Um, but boy, that is uh, that's an uncommon build for sure. No one talks about how Miami drafted a receiver, Elijah Higgins from Stanford to convert to tight end. All the other tight ends I have are blocking primarily Higgins. I have seen pop up in some reports. Um, not a guy I've been prioritizing. I just think the blocking gets him out there more, gets Smythe out there more. Uh, but that is a, a way to think about it. It's just like, do you need a pass catching tight end really in that offense right now? Um, I don't think so. Maybe the risk is that Higgins hurts Smythe more than I'm giving credit for. Um, but there you go. Oh, Razor goes five QBs. See that? <laughs> he went a little mad here, but I guess he had the double. Yeah, he had the double for Tennessee. Weird team by Razor, but I it makes sense. It does make sense. All right. I'm going to get one more receiver. I'm going to plant this flag. Arios. I think he's a receiver three in Miami, which is a valuable role. Um, he should be on special teams as well. So that does kind of ensure him a roster spot. Um, I think he's a better pickup than uh, Robbie chosen Anderson. 
Um, so I think Barrios is my guy, and uh, we'll we'll file this one away and we'll check my exposures. Um, and happy to take any questions or whatever you guys have down the home stretch as well. Super fragile real life QB room. Are we talking about mine or Razor's? <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I think I guess mine has some injury risk. I don't the, the two concussion stuff. I I can't care about. It's just like if he's if he gets hurt, I'm fucked. But he would it would have been the same if he didn't have a concussion history. So that's the way that I view Tua. Um. Thank you, Ross. Both teams fucked today. That's the kind of support I appreciate. Uh, did my best to overcome some weird rooms, and I think we built some sick teams, but let's name this one Spagstacks All Not gonna X this one because I don't think it's I don't think it's that great. Like it's pretty good. But final team here: Lamar, Tua, running back, Dobbins, White, A Chain, Jalen Warren, Ty J Spears, Chuba Hubbard, receiver, Tyreek, DJ Moore, Pickens, Quentin Johnston, Dobbs, Alec Pierce, John Mechie, and Braxton Berrios at a tight end. Mark Andrews and Durham Smythe. Obviously went a little bit thinner um, at these two positions, Berrios and Smythe, but still ones that I think correlated with Tua. It does make sense. Those guys are more valuable to me than they would be anybody else in that draft room. My exposures. Let's see where we are. All right, we got two. So let's, I'll look at my Chihuahuas first. The Chihuahuas got weird. So my top, oh, I guess not in this one thing. Still Michael Pittman. <laughs> Too much Michael Pittman. My Chihuahuas, though, uh, got AR in 24% of them. Gino in 20, Jordan Love in 20, Rodgers in 16, Purdy in 12. So not a lot of elite QBs for me in the Chihuahua. Roshan, A-Chain, Warren. Swift is a guy I'm getting a lot more of in drafts these days just because he falls in every room I'm in. Uh, but Swift, if I have one of Brown and Devonta Smith, no issue taking him. Um, been more of a Rashad Penny guy over the course of the summer, but uh, Swift looks pretty good there. A receiver, Pittman, Watson, more Garrett Wilson, just kind of where I drafted, I think. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, Devonta Smith surprised me to get that much of him, but uh, these are all draft position things for me. Obviously, I love spanning, uh, spanning receivers, so that's why. And Pittman, I'm always taking Pittman to set up AR, and then I didn't get a lot of AR. Uh, I guess I didn't get a lot relative to me and a tight end Andrews mayor um, love mayor overall. I think he, he's going to be one of my highest exposed tight ends by the end of it all. And then for BBM overall right now, uh, let me see. I'll just refresh this. I don't know what happened there. All right. For just BBM. Oh, that's the Dalmatian for just BBM. QB AR still number one AR at 28% guys. Pete makes all these jokes about how I can't stop taking AR. And yet here I am now safely under 30% for AR in a very reasonable range. Even though again, he's the player I believe in most Deshaun Watson, my number two QB. These are the fat, the flattest QB exposures you will ever find. And it's not intentional guys. I'm just grabbing stacks, doing different teams. So these are my QBs. Running back, Kendra Miller, highest exposed. I would like to get that down a little bit. I still like him, but I wish he were out and ready to go after the MCL injury that he had. Um, either way, he's not out there yet. Should be okay for some point in training camp. Uh, Jalen Warren, Roshan, Devin Singletary, Chase Brown, uh, Tank Bigsby, Dobbins I get a lot of. Those are my high exposed at running back. At receiver, Watson, now ahead of Pittman. Pittman, though, number two, uh, two here. Pittman is the worst pick on the board. and rather just load up on Pierce. So I talked about this with Pete briefly. Um, there are some videos on YouTube talking about the Eagles offense that make me think with how their skill sets go. You will see Pittman running Devonta Smith routes, which I think is fantastic for Pittman because a, it'll be a little bit higher a dot. I mean, he's not as big of a yak guy, but they haven't ever used him like a yak guy. Um, and he has shown some tendencies to avoid tackles. So I just think Pittman's undervalued and he's falling in drafts now too. So I will probably dollar cost him down. Um, 
a lot of people think like you think though, OX about Pittman. Uh, so just keep that in mind, you know, whenever the markets are kind of going, Hey, Pittman's undervalued or overvalued rather. Uh, I just tend to think that he's a little bit undervalued. Uh, DK Metcalf, Devonta Adams or Devonte Adams. Wow. Devonte Adams is my number four. I don't know how that happened. Pickens, Waddle, nothing surprising here if you watch my streams. And a tight end in BBM, Mark Andrews, number one at 19%. Irv Smith, number two at 16. People who want me to take Mayer, don't worry. I take a lot of Mayer and Anthony Richardson stacks. A 16% Mayer, Kincaid, Woods. Uh, got Jelani Woods down to a reasonable range. But here we go. Those are my BBM exposures. Pittman all that bad if he's your wide receiver four. That's another thing too. Um, usually Pittman is part of my zero RB builds and he is like the tail end of my running back or my wide receiver run. So I feel pretty good about it, but I certainly get why people might not. Either way though, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me here. Of course, subscribe to the channel. Oh, now it's completely over my face. <laughs> hey, hey guys, I'm back here. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. <laughs> Leave a comment down below. I'm just trying to balk myself out so you never have to actually look at me. You can see my hat moving around up here. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate it here. Join the channel too. Uh, you have as much say as me as anything we're going to do on the channel here. More drafts if you want that. More private drafts. Happy to do it. Uh, get the custom emojis. Get the badges. Happy to take emoji requests, nude eggs, whatever you want to see. The channel splash. <laughs> it's just over my face. It's just, I did not think this through. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys whether you're a nude egg or a human being please gamble responsibly and if you are gambling responsibly use the promo code splash at underdog get a deposit match up to 100 that is a great way to support yourself and to support splash play so please go do that right now final here we go good shit specs thank you guys for watching i appreciate you all good luck if you're doing the drafts you're going to draft the chihuahua getting there today because it is going to feel fast. But I really do appreciate all of you guys who've joined, who've subscribed, who are hanging out with me here. Back on Tuesday, doubleheader with Pete, another Spag Stacks next Friday. Watch the playlist, and I'll see you guys again soon. Uh, I forgot to hit the outro. Okay, bye. <laughs>